If you want to watch part one, click on the top right corner and don't forget to like and subscribe. Hey, this is Greg McAfee and welcome to the Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Well, communications, it starts at home and everything starts at home. And it's a biblical foundation starting at home. I have rarely ever seen a solid marriage that doesn't equate to a solid, successful business. I've seen plenty where there's problems in the marriage and there's been multiple divorces and the business is exactly like that. It's up and down and barely hanging on. But when you have a solid relationship at home with your wife, your spouse, it it trickles down to your business. It can't not do that. And it's extreme, it's extremely healthy, but it, it starts with communication, which, which a lot of people are, um, uh, I mean, I've been guilty of, um, guess what? I forgot to tell my wife, you know what I mean? A lot of things I forgot to tell you, you know, and we, we did start this and we've been doing it for a while. I forgot to tell you, I just get, we get so wrapped up in stuff. But when she knows, number one, if she doesn't know, she can't pray for me. Number two, if she doesn't know, she can't support me in it. So, you know, we miss the boat a lot of times as men, lack of communication. So uh, great stuff. Let's let's move on to another question that kind of ties into that one. So your wife prays for you. Your wife supports you. You've got that at home. If you don't have it, guys listening to us. Uh, it's your it's your job to get it really it's your job to get it and uh so once you have that john how do you how do you handle success how do you handle all your achievements in business while remaining humble uh as a christian and your values yeah so uh that actually just recently had wrote a post on facebook about that and uh, to me greg it's about putting everything in order and in, in where where that it should be because um i'm in uh belief and i and i know that god believes in fact god god believes that his children should should be wealthy and should be surrounded by money and an example of that in genesis as you were talking earlier god talks about uh, he talks about gold eight times in the garden of eden and, and you know there was nothing to buy in the garden of eden like everything was free and abundant except for that one tree that you couldn't eat from, right? So everything was free and abundant, but yet God goes on to say, he talks about gold eight times in the Garden of Eden. In fact, that means the infinity sign as well. And um, and what does that say? That God was letting us know back then that he wanted to surround his children with abundance, that it is for us. And part of that is bringing the kingdom down here on earth there is no lack in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Nothing is of lack. In fact, it's made up of everything that everything is made up of. Mm-hmm. And our God supersedes time, right? Right. So there is no lack. There is no scarcity. None of that in the kingdom of God. Now, the problem is down here is that God cannot put his hand on something and give it to you. Just like if you had a kid that was a drug addict, and if he knew that if you got it, you were going to forget him, you were going to go off, you were going to abuse everything, 
You are going to live a selfish, terrible life. Like, why would God want to give his children and put his hand of blessing on something to give to somebody if it was just going to take them to their eventual ruin, right? right? You got to think about this like as a father, as we as we do. At, at that point, God would do like a, would treat you like a two-year-old, you know, if he, if he's the one that's got the hand on it and it's not the other side, right? And, and, and he would give you, uh, um, you know, 50 cents at an arcade. So you'd have to come back and get more. So you didn't get too far away from him. Like I'm literally sitting above an arcade, Greg, it's like one of the biggest ones in the entire world wow. in my offices. And if you, you got a little kid in there, it's five, 10 years old, you, you know, five, five to seven years old, you would want to give him more than a couple bucks. Cause you want him to come back and, and so you could see him again. Right. And you'd want him to keep coming back to you. Right. So like, I believe that God does treat people like that because they don't really understand what, what money has a place that the place that it has in their life. And the a meaning of that is simply uh, explained by what I said earlier, when Jesus said that the things of heaven are not things that you can see, like none of the money comes with us, right? Like none of it. When we're in front of God, we are completely naked and he is looking at what's inside of our heart, what we did with ourselves here. Right? right. And what we became through his principles through uh, how he, how, you know, doing things the way that God wants us to do, right? So the achievements, Greg, should actually lead you to become that individual, should actually lead you to who you are becoming. I mean, so there, there's two ways. I mean, you, you can get money really, really quick. Like I could leave here and go rob a bank, mm -hmm. but guess what? I'll be looking over my shoulder. I will have gotten nothing, like nothing in return for that, you know, $100,000 that I stole. I would have been a thief. I could have hurt people to take that, right? right? And then there is bringing products and services that have value to the world that when I give them to people, both of our lives go up, right? So we, we and in exchange, we both of our lives get better in that exchange. So that is what actually money was intended to do. Money creates order in our society because if we didn't have money, who would get the beach houses? Well, well, you 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 could you could say we could tear them all down, and then it'd be public land. But who got the next row of houses? And the next row, and the next row. You'd have to tear down the whole world for everything to be fair. And people would be taking things by force, right? So it creates uh, an orderly society, uh, and you know, a, a government, and all these things. I know a lot of people are at arms with their government, but it is modeled. There is a government in heaven, and it's perfect. And it's perfect justice, and. You know, it, it's there's a reason why we emulate this stuff that's of of the heavenly realm. We we just have corruption here, and the corruption seeps into it, right? So that being said, what what I do with money is I look at I don't I don't look at the money as much as I look at like how can I go out and help somebody today? How mm -hmm. can I go out and help somebody? Not only help them but help myself at the same time. Like how can we our lives in exchange in connection? both elevate and become better because of that exchange and connection. And if you can spend time focusing on that inside of our minds, like what we can do to achieve that, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing a benefit to humanity. I mean, well, imagine the people, Greg, that if heating and air conditioning folks weren't around, we wouldn't have heat or we wouldn't have air conditioning as an example of making people's lives better. Or the, the guys that you have that show up in the middle of the night when somebody's heater kicks out on them. Right. You know, these are, these are things that you're creating value to other children of God to live a life that, that they want to live. And, and it's, a, it's a very powerful thing. Like people overlook that. If you're a roofer out there, you are protecting a family. 
you are putting a protective covering over a family. You're not putting a roof on a house. Exactly. You're putting a, I mean, you are, but you're putting a protective covering on a family. So you've got a purpose, right? You know, so when you start focusing on that, you're going to wake up, you're going to feel different about, you know, what, what you're doing, what your work is on this earth, how you're contributing. And right. when you do that, when you do that, that's when the actual money actually comes easier, much easier, much easier to live with too. Absolutely. And if, uh, if, if God wasn't pro wealth, um, even with all the government aid today, if God wasn't pro wealth, he would have to provide manna once again from heaven because the poor will always be among us. And what you do with your money is extremely important. You're going to be held accountable, not for how much you have, but for what you did with it. Um, Jesus spoke more parables about handling money than any other, any other parable, because it's so important. It's important to God how we handle our money and what he got. I don't care if you have two zeros or 10 zeros, you're responsible for how you handle it. Um, there's many, there's many, uh, parables about that alone. So, uh, what do you do with your wealth? It's great, great question. Um, so good stuff, John. And let's talk about um, let's talk about what advice. Uh, what advice would you give someone watching this? They're they're in business. Uh, they're 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 either a Christian or they're definitely thinking about it. I mean, God knocks on doors. God knocks on our heart, rather. And uh, you've you've got to say yes to Him because He's going to keep knocking uh, until you answer. Um, but how do, what kind of advice do you give to these Christian entrepreneurs looking to integrate their faith into their business? How's that work for you? Oh, well, man, I'll tell you what, there's no way that you, that you, you, you can't because the ultimate, you know, all the truth is in the Bible. I mean, you can spin your wheels like I did for years going, you know, uh, over author to author and from person to person, which. I, I love reading. I still do read plenty of different books and things like that. But the thing is, I know the Bible to the point where I can discern. I can take the meat and spit out the bones. I can literally listen to any, just about any author, and I'll take the meat and the substance. And if I know something's not true, I'll just spit out the bones and I'll move on. You know. But I wouldn't be able to discern that if I did not know the Bible. Right. Um, one of the most powerful things that that I have done was uh, spending at least an hour with God every single day in the morning. And uh, what I mean by that is I will spend time, and you don't have to read a ton of scripture. Uh, it would, it's actually better to read it s slower and take more in than it is to read it like a chore where you're just like, well, you know, I got to do it, right? It's better to actually take it slower. And then I'll sit there and I'll meditate on verses. I'll just sit there and I'll think about it, but I'll close my eyes. And, and I'll, I'll just take it all in. Um, Greg, there was a time what really changed my life more than anything is when I fell to the, I had, I had a prayer, one of them prayers where I locked myself in a room and fell to the foot of God. And, um, and just, I, I just begged him for, for wisdom because I knew in James one five, um, it, it says that if you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to all very freely, but you cannot be double-minded. You know, you've got to ask and you've got to know that you receive. you got to have faith whenever you ask. And I came to him. I said, God, I'm only going to ask once. I said, I'm giving it all. I'm giving it all to you. And I'm only going to ask once because I'm not going to be double-minded. I'm not going to be the person that shows up here every day asking for the same thing over and over again. I know you're going to give me this wisdom. And and I, and I then that's what I'm asking for, God. And I fell to the 
the floor and I just gave it all up. I felt like it felt almost like I hit rock bottom right? with certain situations and peoples and scenarios that I was dealing with, whatever was all going on in my life. I can't even hardly remember right now, but it was enough to make me hit the floor and just ask God. I said, James 1, 5 says that if I ask for wisdom, you're going to give it to me, God. And 1, 6 says to stay single-minded. So I'm not going to ask again. I want this. And interesting enough, wisdom is going to come from God in different ways. And the very one way is going to be through the Bible. You're going to read the Bible and things are going to come to you. The second way, God's going to send his other children and he's going to put people in your life that bring you to this wisdom. And you'll know if you ask God for wisdom and you lay it all out, like you will know when this person showed up. And what I found is with God, he'll bring one person to me. And once I've learned my lesson there, he'll take, he'll bring a different person to me that's going to show me a different perspective and is going to take me to that to that next level of wisdom. Yeah. So as a business owner, it is very important. Like the most valuable thing that you can have is wisdom sure. because wisdom is going to bring you everything else, right? So the wisdom of the Bible is what I would tell uh, as a business owner who wants to do things the, the right way. I mean, look at things like the parable of the talents, which mm -hmm. Greg had talked about earlier. You kind of um, uh, talked about that a little bit, that God loves multiplication, all right? God loves a steward who takes care of the the things that we had been given, like all this stuff. This is not ours. This is where humility comes in. Right. We are just here to steward these things and multiply them. And you you get the opportunity. Like Greg is what I call a kingmaker. Okay, because through his 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 wealth and through his business, look how many people that you've made the kings of their own dominion. Look at how many people that you have rose up. You know, and, and and here's here's the thing, my friends, like by you adopting this and understanding that it is our job to take what we've been given and multiply it. I mean, Jesus himself said, yeah. you know, with the talents, the man who multiplied 10 times uh, was the man who got, you know, the, the guy who didn't multiply at all. Yeah. He got his wealth. And that happens because, guys, I want you all to think about this. Like when I was broke and poor, I really didn't help anybody because. I mean, I, I guess I tried to do what I could, but like I had a crappy car. I had, uh, you know, I didn't spend money on anything. I was the cheapest buyer of all cheapskates, right? And so here I am just existing, like just by me living, I'm not transacting with our, our other, God's other children. Right. So, but when I became a business owner and I started making millions of dollars, like I've got people all around me. I've got people that cut my grass. I've got people that build new houses for me. I've got people that take care of my cars. I've got people that work for me. I've got individuals all around me. So just by existing, I am helping other people as we're in, intended to do. Right. Like this is how we all come up together. And um, I, I read this quote a long time ago, and this is not biblical. So this is me talking here. Um, but this was a Grant Cardone uh, quote. And it said that poor people are the most selfish people. And at first, that struck me as like, <laughs> oh, man, that. yeah, you know, come on, man, you know. And but if you think about it, everybody has a unique seed. God puts a seed of creativity inside of all of his children. And one of the reasons why Adam meant man made from dirt or man made from dust is because that's the potting soil that God's seed that he had breathed into us is supposed to grow. So like everybody out there has something to offer the other children of the world. And the people that are not doing it may remain poor and they're not giving that of themselves that they should be given to the world. Yeah. The, the man who 
buried his talent was selfish. The man who buried his talent was selfish. The other ones took it and multiplied it. He was selfish and buried. You know, he was thinking wrong and it was all about him. And I was afraid of you. So when you came back, I was going to make sure I had what you gave me, but he was asked to grow it and multiply it. So that's a selfish act. And we're, we're born with a selfish act. Look at any two-year-old, grab that toy and say, mine. They weren't taught to say mine. They're selfish. We're born in a selfish way. And uh, we have, we have to, as, as we grow closer to God and we mature, we, we see that. And it's very noticeable. Uh, but when we're selfish in our marriages, again, in our relationships and in business, it does nothing for anyone. It is, it's, we're not helping anyone, like you said. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a hundred percent. And it's almost like, uh, like the world, the world's way of viewing things is opposite. It is opposite of the way God views things. And sometimes people, when they first hear this, they're kind of, they're kind of shocked and they're, they're shocked, but that's because the world is the world and we are under the kingdom of God. And in fact, we are sanctified, which means set aside and set apart. And that's what it means to be set apart from the world. It's like, we don't do things the way the world tells us to do things. We do things the way that God tells us to do things. Amen. Is there uh wrapping up here? Is there any, um, anything you'd else, I'm sorry, anything else you would like to add or anything I should have asked you? So, um, I do have something I want to say because it's really, uh, a revelation that I've had over the last, and when I mean revelation for any of you guys who don't know what that means, that means God revealed something to me through my thought, my prayer, my reading of the Bible. And one of the greatest revelations that I've had is that number one is that apostle Paul, when he addressed the the church of uh, Ephesus or the, you know, the, the church of Corinth, uh, the, the church of Rome, he always started off with like the saints of Rome, the saints of Corinth. So I'm sitting here and uh, like, looking at a lot of ministries and things like that and hearing them calling each other these lowly sinners, right? And, you know, I'm just a sinner, you know, and people start wearing that around as an identity. But the truth of the matter is that is shrinking what Jesus actually done for us. That's watering down what he done for us at the cross. Mm -hmm. Because although we do sin, Mm -hmm. that is just us acting out of character of who we really, that's reminding us of who we're not, okay? That's reminding us of who we're not. And, and what I mean by that is, is that when you understand what Jesus did for us, there, there, there's a quote in the Bible that says, there's going to be people out there that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Right. And that is denying the power of what Jesus did for us at the cross. He took our stripes on his back and it is a gift. And it's one of the hardest gifts that we're ever going to accept because, you know, people like me and you, Greg, we don't, uh, you know, we don't like gifts that much, right? We want to be the gift giver. Exactly. Right. And so it's really hard to accept this gift. Yeah. Um, but but what what I found when you start walking in in righteousness, not self-righteousness, but righteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ, right. and you start accepting that, that you are forgiven, that God loves you, that you are a child of the most high God. And then you start taking anything that exalts itself higher than that, than the word of God, all the lies from the enemy all the attacks and you start putting them where they belong, you're going to step into something called the renewal of your mind. When you step into the renewal of your mind, Jesus Christ said this, he said, 
He said, if you, if you love me, you'll obey me. What does that mean? It means this. Jesus Christ gave us two commands, love God and love our neighbors, love other people. So when you love Jesus, you are obeying him because what will happen is you will get more intimate with him and you're going to understand his immense love for you. And when you do that, yeah, when you do that, you can't get enough of it. And when you do that, you're going to be filled to the point to where you're going to be overflowing with love, the love that you, you couldn't have given it before this to other people because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you love Jesus, you start getting filled with the love Mm -hmm. and then you can start loving other people, fulfilling Jesus's top two commands. And that is all through self-forgiveness because Jesus forgave you. And, you know, Greg, there's people out there, there's people out there that'll say, well, you just said that people can go sin. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't say one word about sin in that at all. And in fact, anybody who that's the first thing they think that they're going to go do, they probably haven't given themselves to Jesus, right? Right. That will actually make you want to sin less Yeah. because sin's a result of guilt. It's covering up the guilt and shame with more guilt and shame, more guilt and shame. That's what it is. When you start stepping out of that and take the real gift that Jesus had given you, you're going to start healing yourself and you'll be unrecognizable. That's right. The old man will finally have died yeah. and you will start stepping into, and you'll have something, my friends, let me tell you what it is. You'll have joy. The difference between joy and happiness, mm. happiness is a fleeting emotion. You can have joy when you're sad. Yeah. You can have joy when you're going through things and that's the joy of the Lord. And that's, that's what I wish upon anybody uh, and pray upon, pray for anybody to have after listening to this podcast. Amen. What a way to end. Well, John, uh, God bless you. God bless your business, your marriage, everything. Uh, thanks for being on the Greg McAfee show and I'll have you on again. Appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Wow. That's all I can say. Wow. So glad I got to have John Hiley on my show today. What a privilege that is, uh, to do so. And uh, I hope some of what he talked about today will help you in in your um, business, but most importantly, in your walk with God. Um, just what a neat guy. So if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe below. Um, you can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or, or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening. I'll do my best to keep challenging you. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Greg McAfee Show. And uh, be sure to tune in next week. I'll have some more good stuff, the best stuff I can come up with for you. So thanks for listening. As always, carry on. God bless. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So make it a great day.